Hi, Sex and the City fans. Megan McKeever here. Check out my podcast, Cosmos and the City, where I'll be watching through the entire series of Sex and the City with a slew of fabulous guests. Each week, we'll be talking through everything from who wore what and why to the hottie of the week. So grab a drink and join me on my journey. Thanks, and be sure to subscribe to Cosmos and the City in iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Improv Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Perlstein, and today, coming up in a minute, is Jimmy Crane, the improv nerd himself. He's cool enough in his visit to L.A. to come talk to me a bit about improv. But before we get to that, we're going to do the usual plugs. Please rate and subscribe to the show in iTunes. It's always appreciated when it happens. Helps the rankings, blah, 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 analytics. Uh, search engine optimization, whatever. Uh, also, you can check out facebook.com forward slash improv obsession. They'll keep you up to date on all the kinds of improv stuffs that are going on, as well as improvobsession.com. You can follow the Tumblr there. Uh, I recently posted a little article about what I learned from Eliza Skinner, and I'm always posting class notes and, uh, I don't know, interesting improv stuff. Um, also at improvobsession.com, I've opened up for financial support. You can find a little PayPal and Amazon payments link there if you want to throw in a few bucks to help keep the show online uh that would be super helpful i some of you know i ran into financial troubles not too long ago uh and somebody who came to the aid is a person named otto aiken i'm gonna assume it's aiken like clay aiken who knows otto aiken uh is the latest improv obsession hero he donated a few bucks to keep the show free for all of you lovely people and he's an improv hero and he gets one of his questions answered in the show today so yay thanks otto you are an improv obsession hero i hope you enjoy the show here it goes Welcome to the Improv Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Perlstein. Today, special guest, improv nerd, Jimmy Crane. Hi. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Uh, so, there's a lot to talk about with you. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, but actually, you know, I, we should tell people, like, who you are and stuff for my listeners. For In terms listeners. of? Like, I don't know, like, people, like, people, like, I was going to say, maybe they know you from Jazz Freddy, uh, uh, from your book, Improvising Better, that you wrote with Liz Allen. Uh, from the Art of Slow Comedy, from your podcast, uh, The Improv Nerd. Uh, I don't know if I'm missing any other stuff. I, th- I think oh. you got, yeah, what were you going to say? The Annoyance. Yes, that. The Annoyance. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, I've been doing it for about 25 years. I'm out of Jesus Chicago. Christ. Yeah. You've been doing and it, was it for diff- longer than I've been alive. How old are you? 24. You're kidding me. I'm not. You you act a lot older than you. Thank you. I try. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, so I've been doing it for 25 years in Chicago. Yeah. When long form was it was it was a really small community. Yeah. Uh, and I and so I've been teaching for probably 17 years. Okay. And I started at uh, I.O. and then the Annoyance Theater and then did in between there Jazz Freddy and another group called the Comedy Underground, which we just did short form okay. and uh, and then bounced back and forth teaching at Second City and I.O. And now I teach for myself the Art of Slow Comedy. That's great. Um, so... Let's okay. So like I, I I tried to turn my my I like your podcast a lot. I Thank you, to improv it. nerd. Improv I love nerd. doing it. it. Yeah, uh, it's it's really great. And I, what I what I specifically love about it is I think you focus on something that I don't focus on as much, and that's like uh, history and stuff. Uh, so. Uh, uh, like I, it just seems like you every now like every single episode you're like ah you remember 
blank doing this at the one place. Right. <laughs> I do that so, uh, one, for history, but two, so the listeners are like, oh, that guy's been around. Because here's the thing <laughs> about being old and doing improv, sure. and I'm almost going to be 49, yeah. is that, that people's attention span, especially in Chicago, it used to be that people would, would hang around. And I remember uh, John Favreau, you know, who directed yeah. Anchorman and stuff like that, he used to refer to Chicago as the salt mine of comedy. And it was really like Chicago back in the late 80s, early 90s, was like uh, an artist community. If people would have said after two or three years of, of doing improv, I'm going to go to L.A. or I'm going to go to New York, people would be like, you're totally selling out. Yeah. So, um, and I thought, you know, I've been in Chicago for, you know, my whole life that people would remember. But is, is you know, like your generation and generations, yeah. you know, before and after, they don't know who, who, who I am. Yeah. So it's like... I basically say it like, oh, remember this? So people go, oh, this guy, oh, this guy has some credibility, has yeah. some street cred. Well, yeah, I think that's, I think that's funny because it's, I think there's still, and maybe it's part in part doing things like that, but I do think there's like plenty of uh, reverence and, and legends still uh, existing uh, in Chicago. And part of me thinks like, is that entirely manuf- manufactured? Because I've seen some really great improv out here. And not only that, but a lot of it, a lot of the great improv from Chicago and New York seems to just come out to LA and sh- eventually anyway. Uh, and I get to see them whenever I want. Uh, but that's a whole other topic. I don't know. Wait. I think, you know, um, I don't know. Because improv, when, when I started, Chicago was the only place to do Chicago-style improv. Right. And then, you know, the UCB, Besser, and, and Walsh, and Roberts, and Polar, they all left Chicago, and they started that. And then, as we all know, after that, you know, yeah. Ali started The Pit and, and Armando. And then, uh, you know, they had whatever went on there. I, I, I could only guess. <laughs> so so he, start, he starts The Magnet. Then I.O. comes out here. Then you see eventually comes out here second city comes out here and so chicago isn't the only place anymore yeah now i i think the difference about chicago is that's different to with at least la and i probably new york is you can get stage time pretty pretty easily it's more it's in more chicago in chicago hmm. You know, and I think at like, the theaters, you mean? Well, at, assume, at the or, theaters, or do your own thing. You know, yeah. like uh, mm-hmm. we did Jazz Freddy, which you know you referenced at the top of the podcast, and Jazz Freddy was something that we always wanted to do. We, we a group of us, which you know, uh, you probably know, like Dave Keckner and, and Kevin Dorf, who wrote for Conan, and yeah. Noel Gregoropoulos, who's this, you know, really is kind of an heir apparent to Del Close in Chicago. Um, Brian Stack, who wrote, who writes for Conan, uh, Miriam Tolan and his wife and we wanted to do we always wanted to do like more theatrical um, improvisation and right. it was really Pete Gardner's idea uh, and he had really been influenced by a group called Ed uh, which was people out of Northwestern in Chicago and so he took that model and he took a, and, and we brought long form into theater and what I'm really proud about that show is people um, generations will come up to me and go Oh, like Craig Kukowski you mentioned, mm-hmm. he was a huge uh, fan of, of Jazz Freddy and went and saw that. And that inspired him to, you know, d- do what he does. And he's he's a, a great uh, improviser. The point that I'm making, and I'm, I'm, I'm really long-winded on this, Please. is that <laughs> in Chicago, you could go and do your own stuff, you know, outside of the institutions, mm-hmm. like we did with Jazz Freddy, and, you know, get noticed 
make make a little money and not get rich, but you know it was your own thing. And that's yeah. why I've always had this in my heart because Jazz Freddy was such a great experience, not only creatively but but producing wise. We all kind of produced it together, mm-hmm. you know, hanging up posters and getting our friends and to come to the show and getting great reviews. That that I always have a soft spot in my heart for the people that do independent stuff outside mm-hmm. of the institutions. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, li- listening to that, like, I don't, uh, I think I think L.A., I was kind of mentioning to you before, has a really interesting uh, indie improv scene. Like, there, there are shows that are just, are like, so, two-person only shows. Uh, with, like, we show, it's just a whole night, it's like, we only bring in two people shows. And that's, uh, we like, I think we have a really interesting uh, indie improv scene. But it sounds to me like there's, like, uh, people who go and create... Okay, yeah, shows for themselves, like a Jazz Freddy show. We do, it seems like out here there's a lot of shows that are like, oh, we'll bring in, you know, five teams to do a show one night, and also one of them will be like the host team or whatever. But, uh, yeah, as that sounds... Yeah, that's... Uh, but Chicago, it's more like... See, the the benefit of Chicago is you're not affected by... There's no opportunities. Yeah. That's, that's the yeah, great that's, thing. Yeah. That's the bad thing, too, you know? Yeah. So people will, you know... So you, you have time to develop... You, you have t- time to develop and not feel pressure, you know, yeah. or feel like, you know, and, and you know, I heard this uh, with uh, when Besser took the uh, the original four to New York, he, there was talk that he was going to, you know, why don't you go to L.A.? And he really felt that taking them to New York, they wouldn't get cherry picked. Now, that's right. a rumor. I, I, you know, but uh, I, I think there was probably some truth to that. Right. That. Yeah. That's a. Uh, I have I've heard New York and Chicago both go like that's where you go to learn and LA is where you go to sell and showcase or right. whatever. And the ramp of LA was with improv and and I think it's changed because you've had these Chicago people like Beer Shark Mice and yeah. uh, uh, Stephanie Ware and Bob Dassey and yeah, Miles like and Heather here. and the Reckoning. You know, it's not like they're not looking to get a TV deal out of it. They're yeah. doing it because they love it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that. I think I think that's it more than anything. It's just like oh, Chicago's the pure stuff. The uncut improv, because uh, okay. we know that that improv didn't get us. I mean, it's not going to lead to anything. Yeah. You know, you're going to get some money, you'll get some critical praise, you're, you'll get some groupies. But you know, when you're doing it in Chicago, nobody's going to come in and give you a four picture deal. It yeah. just doesn't happen. Which is like, which is to me, like, is like almost sad about Chicago. Like, I like, I love that people are like learning and trying to get better. But I'm like, oh no, like don't. It's, it's, in a way, it sounds hopeless. I'm like, no, like, if you're good, like, go do something. Um, well, and that's why people eventually come out here, yeah, that's you why, know, yeah. or go to New York. Yeah. And, and good for them. We want success yes, all around. Yes, we do. Improv community. I'm, I'm always very excited every time I hear uh, anybody on TV or, you know, whatever movie is like, oh, then they did improv and wherever. I'm like, good for you. Good. I want, I want people to understand improv is really great. That's all. That's it. Um, all right. So, no, actually, you know what? No, I try to, I try to very much talk about, um, uh, like, theory and method and stuff a lot. Okay. Uh, so, like, uh, I want to I talk uh, about slow play, but uh, maybe before we start, let's talk. Can we, can we just define a couple of terms? We can do terms? whatever you want. Let's sure. try to define some terms. Like, because uh, I, I wonder if it's, it's that different. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, like, game. Does that, what does that mean to you? And, uh, well, just, game is, um, to me, in terms of how I teach it is, it's you know finding whatever it is you like it can be an emotional game like let's say uh we're doing a scene and uh I, every time i touch you this is a very simple game every time i touch you you get upset mm-hmm. okay well the game is for me to continue to touch you and you to heighten your 
your you know your emotional stake yeah you know your emotional um being okay. so you'll just get more and more frustrated at me and that that to me is a very very simple game uh-huh. uh action and response type of thing that's kind of what happens what what triggers something to happen and then what happens yeah yeah okay now uh, there's more i mean I, yeah. certainly i i go into the verbal games too as well you yeah. know heightening an idea or something like that but that's really not my no. My forte. Okay, that's fair. Um, and then, uh, and then, what? Like uh, an initiation? What's that? Well, I <laughs> teach. Like for me, I the student. A lot of things that I'll see with students is that the words will get in their way. They sure. will put so much pressure on themselves to be funny. Yeah. And I look. I've been doing this for a long time. I do not want to watch bad improv. Mm-hmm. I want to go and I'm stealing this from Norm Holly. I want them to entertain me. All right. And I want to watch the the kind of improvisation that I like to watch. So a lot of times I will start out like in, you know, my first, let's say, level one class of artist low comedy. It's like I. I, I want you just to make a connection. I want you to go out there blank, and I want you to look at your partner and seeing what you're getting organically off your partner. So right now you're looking really, you know, like you're scrunching your eyes a little at me, and now you're nodding and whatever. So immediately we could be in a relationship, mm-hmm. right? You're low status because you're you're, you're you know squinting your eyes, yeah. Um, or you know what are you getting off emotionally? Like looking in their eyes, what are you getting off them emotionally? You know? Yeah. Do they look sad? Okay, great. They look sad. Great. So take that further. Now, how can you put it in a, in the context of a scene? Sad. Okay. Your dog just died. Or we're just breaking up. Or, um, you know, mom, you know, we're brothers. Mom and dad is leaving. You yeah. know, so it can go anywhere. But it, it's a lot of times people are so... They, they 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 really want to they really want to get the verbal and there's nothing worse than watching people trying to be funny. Yeah, totally. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, that's not, that's not, so you're you big on uh, connection. I'm really I'm big on what's going on between your partner, mm-hmm. making that emotional is that, connection. Is that TJ and Dave style kind of. Thing? You know, I would say it is. Yeah. You know, if yes, okay. yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, so so then. Oh yeah, well, well, hell, let's get into it. So, so slow, so art and slow comedy. Then, uh, you, it, sound, it sounds like ultimately you're, you're emphasizing, like, and I'm guessing here. So tell me if I'm wrong. Emphasizing uh, the the understated stuff, not so much focusing on the the funny words or the the yeah. The it's making that it's connection the, first, yeah, and then the um, the emotional have an emotional reaction about something, and then the words will come, and then the game will come. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's really. For me, it's like I want to see people, and, and maybe it's my style, or maybe it's because you know I studied with Del Close, and he was always a big pro- a proponent of slow comedy. You know what we're doing here is slow comedy, <laughs> um, but I want to see people that are real and grounded on stage. Yeah, I don't want to see people running around with that frenetic energy, pulling lobsters out of their butt. I don't find that funny. You mm. know, it's interesting. Um, uh, okay, so uh, so so yeah, so we talked about like a kind of at the top of the scenes finding finding uh, what's going on, inferring stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you, you look like this, so maybe this right. is going on, uh, and then following that, um, and then and then I mean, like, what what other things are you like emphasizing? I guess in your your teaching of this, uh, yeah, um, like building it together. Like, I think it's really important. You know, and this was reinforced. I did a. 
workshop with uh, with Dave Keckner, you know, from Anchorman and uh, the Office, and you know, he it's it's really. I wish I could take more more classes or co-teach with more people because you learn so much when you do that. And so the one thing is like, you know, like all you have to do, you know, is this was according to Dave, is just work off the last thing that that was said. And uh, so I'm, I'm big on that. Slow down, build off the last thing. I'm also big on specifics. Add a specific to the scene, a detail, you know. Yeah. Um, that's really, really, really important, I, I think, in, in, in this work. Yeah. Uh, that one of, the, one of the ones you mentioned that I thought, or you asked what episodes I thought were good. Uh, Alex Ferney, we'd had the whole episode of just like why specifics are the most important thing in the world. Uh, uh, and I totally agree. I love that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so working off the last thing, building it together. Uh, so, so not a lot of uh, primacy stuff, probably. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't, so. occasionally I'll, I'm okay with premise. You know, it's like, to me, it's like, um, and, and with my teaching is like, my whole goal is to do less. I mean, because for the, for the longest time, I wanted the students to have a breakthrough, right? I can't tell you how much pressure that is to put on yourself. Like, I want them to be like, oh, Jimmy's the teacher that I had a breakthrough with. It's like, well, well, that's ego, you know? And really, my job for is teaching is to get out of your way, you know, because... Students are so in their own, their own heads and so in their own way. Is my job is to try to find ways to free you up. Um, it's interesting. So, uh, so I'll just I'll I'll just play uh, devil's advocate Please for do. this one. So, so I think Besser would say something like, uh, like you know, why not do stuff like. Uh, use initiations or use more premise stuff because that is making it easier. That's like, I have something that's funny. Let's do that. And then we can build a little bit off of it mm-hmm. together. But we have something that's funny. Uh, why, why not start there? Like, what's... Well, I mean, I do... Uh, you know, eventually the students will do that. They'll make a strong initiation and go that way. Yeah. I just think, like, when I'm when starting out, I just want to strip them away. I want them just to, like, not worry about being the funny... Worrying about being funny. It's about being a good actor. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I think, you know, like when I started acting, we, it, it, because of Chicago, because of the history of Second City, it was, you know, actors started improvisation. So there was always this like feeling of, we kind of felt like we were stepchildren because a lot of us didn't go take acting classes. Yeah. So we were kind of like, oh, you know, we're going to learn acting as we go along. But but even with the teaching, you know, there was this like, it's it, you know, it's acting, it's acting, it's acting. And I, I'm, I'm not a great actor by any means. You know, if you read one of my blogs, you know, my wife thinks I'm a bad actor. Probably it's really me who thinks I'm a bad actor. But I really like to see the acting element of it. And I think like learning slow comedy and learning just to strip it away and just existing on stage, then you can, you can plug it in anywhere. It's going to work at UCB, it's going to work at the Annoyance style, it's going to work at, you know, IO style, it's going to work at Second City, but take the pressure off yourself. Be yourself on stage, first and foremost. Yeah. And, and and get comfortable on stage, and get comfortable with the, you know, I do a lot of silent stuff the first couple of classes. Get comfortable with that stuff. That's only going to help you with your stage presence. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's interesting how much you can get away with uh, that's either funny or not funny or uh, like just being able to make it look like yeah I intended to do that and I'm not I'm not worried about it or stressed about it I think that's that's like the biggest 
uh, downfall of people attempting to be funny or trying to work as funny is like the, if it doesn't work, they like, oh no, like I don't have anything now. Right, or they'll go into an, an institution and they'll be like, uh, the institution doesn't fit for them. You yeah. know, it's like my style isn't for everybody. Uh, UCB style isn't for everybody. Annoyance style isn't for everybody. You know, it's like you will find that place that you're really, really comfortable with and you'll, and that will help you with, with your voice. But I think I've seen so many students, you know, uh, in Chicago, oh, I got cut from it in the I.O. Oh, I didn't make it to the touring company at Second City. And it's like people improvisation and I think we say it in our book is like improvisation and performing is much bigger than any of the institutions combined yeah uh, you do say that in there. I think that's one of the last chapters. Uh, uh, yeah improvising better it's available on Amazon it's really good uh, I really like that book uh, thank you um, crap lost the thought let me see if I can get that's it all right. we can just edit this part out right no, do, no, no I, we go straight through I don't edit you don't. are totally professional uh, very you know it's very, it's really good. Okay. Yeah. By not editing? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's like brave. Yeah. We, we do a little it's editing. It's lazy. I don't have time. Okay. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Will, will this be on in like 10 minutes after we're done? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, okay. no, I, no I, I'll put, probably put this up two weeks, I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, long before, long after you got, I can figure out what I remember. I've got to remember Great. what I was going to say. I was kind of stalling for you there. I, I could was tell. That, that, yeah. <laughs> See, here's my That's true my radio panic. My right. true panic. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, do that. Your but, true. Uh, my, no, my true panic is right now that I will forget what I was going to say in, in your stalling after me remembering again. Isn't okay. Because I thought you were having problems with your, you have questions on the computer uh yeah, i have a few like notes of things that, like maybe we'll talk about this okay but now do uh, you prepare it all for your show yeah yeah i usually uh like usually the day of i'm, I'm like i double check the book and see if anything comes off that okay. I, I do a quick google and see okay. if there's anything you didn't I do a credit do. check did you a credit check no okay great. Uh, oh cool. on imdb actually yeah i think i no, saw i mean i mean like for like uh Cre- oh yeah credit, credit. Score. Got yeah. It. yeah yeah okay that makes that makes much more okay. sense jimmy my fear happened and that i totally forgot what i was going to say a character. That's it. Okay, so character stuff. So, um, so I feel like right now what I'm getting a lot of in my learning of improv is uh, is a lot of like, hey man, you got to get in characters. You got to do character, uh, which is interesting because it sounds like you were just saying like, yeah, you learn become being yourself. Uh, and I feel like when I listen to you on Improv Nerd, uh, when you guys do the, the improv sets, I'm like, that's pretty much Jimmy. Uh, yeah. he's not he's not like a, a character guy. That's that's correct. Uh, I- so so. Uh, let's. I mean, let's just chat about being yourself then. Okay. So, so, so you're you're struggling with character. Is that it? Yeah. I okay. think uh, I think I get a lot of um, like I've been going through the miles thing right now. He's like, yeah, you're funny and like you can do funny stuff and you're fun. But like when you get somebody an initiation where you get labeled as a thing, you gotta become that thing. You like, gotta give me an example the, so we can talk about this. Well, like. Once I got called an idiot at the top of the scene, okay, and I, he's like, "Yeah, I got to play an idiot." So I started I was playing an idiot, but then like five lines into it, I went to like, "We can create a barter economy between the two of us." It's like an idiot doesn't know what that is, uh, and I was I was just playing. I was I was disguising my, me being my smart, clever self with like a vague voice. Okay, that's what I mean. Well, so, but was your first instinct okay? So an idiot. So what was your first line or about that? Um, did, did you go into a uh, like what you thought was a fake voice? Yeah, I mean, I tried. I tried to like take it on a little bit and like get, get slouchy and uh, whatever. I think my, I think I'm sure I did the southern voice or whatever, something like that. Okay, yeah. and what was wrong with that choice? Uh, and nothing's wrong with that choice. And but it's that it, like five lines in. Well, you bailed on your you bailed go, on yourself. I get clever, right? You bailed I, on I'm yourself. Why? Tem- because you weren't getting laughs? No, I'm too. Te- I, I feel like I'm too tempted to be. 
uh, like smart. I, I think that's what it is. Like I, I feel like it, it made sense for me to say like we'll create a barter economy between the two of us, but it's also that doesn't make really sense for a dumb character to whip that out of nowhere. But I'm like, no, that's what's happening. It's isn't that interesting, uh, and I want to follow that. Well, like, to I, me, that's like. Okay, so your your initial instinct was right, and sure. your instinct was like, okay, I'm going to slouch. It's low status. It's a low status character. I'm going to change my voice a little because that's what came to my. M- and then, like five or six lines. I, I, see, like if you were in class, I would I'd be curious to know why you bailed on that character. See, I don't think I bailed on the character. I bailed on the mindset. Is that does that make sense? Like, I, I, like yeah, I, I mean, I we're held, talking held, about the same a, thing. We're talking about the same thing for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, because I love when there. you know. I believe improvisation. We're all going for the same thing. It doesn't matter if it's UCB, Annoyance, Second City. We're all going for totally. the same thing. Totally. You know? Yeah. Um, so getting back to your... Yeah. So... Uh, so, uh, so Were you afraid? No. No. I'm, Were you self-conscious? No. I was excited that that's what was happening between us, is that we could create a barter system economy between the two of us. Like, that was... I was excited to say what that was, because I'm like, I know what this is. Like, I felt like it's like me wanting to say, I'm smart, I get it, or this is a joke that fits in, is a lot of, like, what happens when I bail on characters. I'm like, oh, this is... I have I have something here to make this funny. You know what I mean? And it's... And I can get... I can continue laughs. I can get laughs in character. I, I do that, I think, fairly regularly. But... When I when I see something that I'm like I gotta say this like I don't have a lot I'm very I'm very good at going like I need to say this and then kind of selling out the character. Does Miles myself. ever talk about um, and this was a Dell concept where you know you don't say the first thing that comes to your mind? He's never said that, but I've heard of that before. Okay. Well, and, and which and, is funny because it sounds the exact opposite of plenty of improv wisdom of like right. playing from the gut and don't think and all that stuff. You're like, well. Well, Dell always like believed thing. like like you know uh, the first you know the first choice was the obvious choice. The se- and everyone knows who Dell Close is, right? Uh, yeah, okay. everybody listens it, to the show yeah. knows who Dell Close is. Yeah. yeah, and if you don't, like, uh, I don't know. What there's doing. a couple books. Uh, <laughs> just just Google uh, Dell Close. Yeah, um, he worked with everybody. Very- Miles says he's basically the inventor of long form improv, and I I feel like that's not a fair. That's not an unfair assessment. No. But, and, and, you know, the UC, the, the UC, I feel like this show's tangent, but I don't care because I'm comfortable with you. Hey, let's the UC, and we'll go back to what this, this point sure, I was going to make. Yeah. Dell Close, to me, like the UCB were really influenced by him. Matt Besser in particular, I think. Yeah. And uh, they had a really great experience at the I.O. because he directed a, a show uh, f- for them. Not everybody had the same experience with Dell. Dell was like taking Dell uh, was like being in a big Irish Catholic f- family. Uh, if you had ten kids, the oldest had the different had a different experience than the youngest. Okay. And it's interesting because Dave Pasquese of, of the you know legendary T.J. and Dave loves. Dell thinks he's the greatest. TG, on the other hand, you get the sense didn't get much from him. Yeah. Um, which I think is really interesting. And uh, what I think Dell was a genius at, uh, uh, it was, I guess, was he inspired people to believe that this was an art form. Yeah. And I think, you know, Besser and the UCB, they carried that to New York. And I, I think the whole boom of long form is because of Dell. He believed, he made these people in Chicago back in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, after he had done his tour at Second City, uh, 
to believe that this was this was this was something valuable. This was an art form into itself. Yeah. And when you say it was an art form, people are like, "Well, what, what does that mean? What is an art form? That sounds really pretentious." I think he, what he meant was that this thing stands. This could go up against you know a scripted show, a yes. sketch show. Absolutely. You know, and uh, Dell and Bernie Silence used to have this long running feud. Uh, Bernie Silence was uh, one of the co-founders of Second City. And they had this wrong, uh, long, uh, long-running feud. You know, Dell thought it was an art form. Bernie, of course, thought it was. Uh, it was. It was way just to generate scripted. Yeah, it was just a tool. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was the dumbest argument because both of them are right. Yeah. You know. So getting back to Dell. Uh, so if you had to skip forward to get to this part, I don't. You know, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> so his theory was you had three. You, you had three. Um, your, your first suggestion, yeah. Yeah, your, so your first thought was always the most obvious. Mm-hmm. The second thought was a little less obvious, and the third choice was always the most, uh, had the most juice. Was the, you know. Now, I've taught that in my classes at the mm-hmm. Art of Slow Comedy, and it may be because I'm older, I, I found that the second and third choice usually works. Yeah. But the first one is usually a, a, a very obvious choice. Sure. You know, now in your case, with getting back to your character thing, I would probably think with you. And here's the other thing about improvisation: it is not a one size fits all. So if you have eight people, or ten people, or fifteen people in a class, everybody, everybody's learning at a different rate. Everybody's, you know, trying to work on something different. Now each class will have its own themes of like what they need to work on. Like maybe it'll be a class that really everybody needs to agree or ev- no one's making positive choices or nobody's heightening stuff or no one's finding the games, whatever it is in your choice. I would just, I would say probably go with the first thing when it comes to a character thing, because, uh, and stay in that character, yeah. even if you're not getting laughs. And I'd probably say to you, look at it like an acting class. Yeah. Don't worry about getting laughs. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, that's t- uh, I think I, what's uh, yeah, in that back part. I think that's so. I think people now go go to improv a lot because I think it's it's known. Like I I feel like people go to improv because they're funny, uh, and, and like they feel like they're funny, uh, and also probably out of laziness too. Uh, so like I feel I feel like it brings a certain type of lazy persons. But like what happens is. Uh, I, 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 I'll self, I think self-diagnosis a little bit. One is like, oh, I think I'm funny, and I think I have something funny to say, and I'm gonna say it, uh, and and that will uh, allow uh, allow me to plenty of times divert uh, away from character, like a, a normal character. Well, and I think we say this in the book, improvising better. It's like, do you want to? And, and I think this is it's 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 just rookie kind of stuff. Is like, oh. do you want to learn? the craft or do you want to be funny they're sure. two separate things you know and if you want to learn the craft on the way you mm-hmm. may have to have a couple classes and a couple shows that you're not funny in because yeah. you're just there to make mistakes and you can't get better unless you make mistakes for sure that's totally it's totally right and uh uh, and I and I and I agree, and I'm working on that constantly. Like that's my that's my thing. It's like oh, I I'm not shaming not you, funny. am no, I? No. Do you feel self conscious? No, no. Okay. no, it's okay. Uh, I, I'm just thinking. Of, I'm uh, I'm, th- I'm thinking a little bit how I wanted to talk about <laughs> improvising as yourself, but that's okay because we'll get there. Uh, no, but I'm I am th- I'm th- yeah. I think that's I think you're totally right, and I think it's uh, it. But it is it is. I think it's hard. Like it is hard to go. Like I know that I'm funny, and like. That barter system joke, as much as it was a joke, still got to laugh. And it's like, well, you know, it's tough. It's one of those things where I think you say that in the book. Like, if you're being funny or, like, being, like, clever or, like, 
throwing off lines and not acting is negatively reinforced because you'll get a laugh for it, but you're not doing the art of it. And that's right. t- and it's tough. It, I think that's a tough line to walk, especially if you're a person like myself with an ego who believes that he's funny. Uh, well, you are funny. Yeah, no. you know. But and that's the, that's the hard that's the hardest thing is like, you know, you do you know, ten bad shows or whatever. You know, have a couple. You know, you have bad classes. It's hard to like because. I'm the most insecure person in the world. And when I started, and I still, and I think I had this blog uh, recently. You can check it out at jimmycrane.com. It's okay to plug, isn't it? Please do. Okay. Uh, everything that About having a bad show. And, and I got just great response. It was, the response was like, basically the article was, uh, or the blog piece was, how I felt after a bad show. And my wife was the one who suggested, write about your bad show. And mm-hmm. I want to kill myself. I, I, and I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> I, I want to kill myself. Sure. And I've been doing this for you know, a long time. Yeah. I want to, you know, I have suicidal thoughts when I have a bad show. And I got response from people like, from like, I could totally relate to what you had to say because I feel the same thing after a bad show too. Yeah. Jimmy, please, whatever you do, don't kill yourself. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's funny. I, I totally get that. I, I once did a really bad show, uh, and I felt awful, and I was like with my friend. I'm like, let's go see a movie or something. Like, I got to get out of here. And we saw The Gray. Did you see that one with no. Liam Neeson? It's a bummer. We'll say that. And I was like, this isn't fucking helping. Like, I just remember going like, thanks for making me watch. I was mad at her. I was mad at everybody. The whole world was like, I'm like, I just, I got to I gotta give up. I, I got to like Liam Neeson at the end of The Gray, spoiler alert, just die. Like, that's what I was hoping for is a wolf to eat me because I was, I was so bad. And my therapist, my therapist would say, who wanted to die? <laughs> Meaning, like, did What's you want to die? Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. That's you're. Uh, I think you're. I mean, you're and people. Pardon? I think you might be overpaying your therapist. Yeah. Just for that yeah. can bounce back again, yeah. right? Yeah, mm, therapist. Well, can I say something about therapy in Please. terms of like people are so like. And the, the, uh, I like it when on Improv Nerd people reveal their insecurities. Sure. Because to me, I didn't have that coming up, you know? I didn't have people say, you know what? When I have a bad show, I feel like dying. Or you know what? Uh, uh, There was a great episode we had uh, Keckner on. Mm -hmm. And Keckner was a friend of mine, certainly in Chicago. But he tells this story where when they were doing Anchorman, they... They would all go home to their wives and they'd say, eh, Steve Carell's stealing the movie. And Will Ferrell would go home and say, Dave Keckner's stealing the movie. And Paul Rudd would go home and say, you know, um, uh, I don't, who, whoever, whoever was stealing left. the movie. <laughs> and they all thought that the other person was stealing the movie. And then they met in a trailer and they admitted it to each other. You know, like Will Ferrell said, you know, I thought you were stealing the movie and blah, blah, blah. And I thought... This is this is what I'm after. This is what I'm after. People sharing their process, but more than that, people sharing their insecurity. Yeah. Because I don't care who you are, you're insecure, you know. And I want to know how people overcome that insecurity because I that's what I struggle with. And you know, here we are, these insecure people. And then on the other hand, we're going on stage doing the hardest thing. We're going on stage. With no lines, totally naked, like emotionally, we don't, I mean, it's like, talk about like a firing squad. I mean, it's the most vulnerable, scary thing in the world. Yet, when we get off stage, you know, some of these improvisers, is pot still a big drug of choice for the improviser? I would assume it is. Yeah. Pot or they'll go and drink and, you know, get drunk and forget about it. But it's very, it's a very vulnerable thing. But, you know, that's what I'm after. I want to know your process. I want to know what, you know, why you decided to bail on that you know character 
or five lines into it. That's interesting. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm totally uh, for that because I, I think um, I think I know what you mean. Like it's uh, we're, we're, we're in a slightly different age, too. Uh, where people don't seem as bulletproof and uh, and like being being truthful, I feel like is becoming more and more like welcome. You know what I mean? Like I like I you know the obvious thing is like Louis C.K. is like some takes like weird dark things that going on and like that's what it is. Yeah, can you believe it? Uh, well, when we when we started out in in at the Improv Olympic, one of the things that Dell was in you know truth and comedy. And the one thing that that I loved doing was we used to do the we used to do monologues, which if you've seen Ascat or or uh, Armando, you know the the monologist goes out and really just he's telling an honest story. And those were we used to do like monologues in heralds as openings. Uh, two, three, four people would come out and do a monologue. That was our opening, and then we would go into the the first set of scenes. That I think is a little lost and, and I think they probably still teach it there at IO mm-hmm. uh and, and but it, it it's it's it, it doesn't it doesn't seem to, to I really like that and and that's the one thing I took away from 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 studying with Dell was that honesty that you could go up and talk about anything you know uh and get a laugh yeah if it was truthful from your life yeah there's a uh uh, one of this, this young UCB LA Herald performer who's on the show, uh, he said something that I think it was very smart. He was like, I think if you're 100% unfiltered in what you say, and not just like, I'll say anything crazy, but just 100% honest in what comes out and not trying to shift it, uh, at the core of all of us, there's something funny going on. It's just, it's just funny because there's all kinds of weird insecurities or, or, or odd thought processes or just ways to get stuff that's just like, what? That's, there's every, there's, there's like a nice little laugh and everything. And, and yeah, if you can, if you can tap into that and like not, and allow yourself to be unfiltered and vulnerable and not trying to be like, I'm cool or I'm smart or I'm funny. Uh, and just go like, yeah, man, I did, I did this thing. And like, it wasn't the coolest and people will laugh. And that, yeah, that's totally, totally And I have found the things that cause the most shame in my life are the things that become the best monologues or the best, you know, the best things to talk about. Totally. Yeah, totally. But at the time, you're like, I want to die. This is awful, you know. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I feel like I, whenever, every time, mo- yeah, monologues, whenever that happens, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Okay. Just say this line. Tell them what happened. Uh, all right. Cool. They're, they're being okay with it. But I, I, this next line is going to be worse than the story. Oh, cool. They're still fine. Like, and that's, it's, it's, it's tough to like put yourself there, but you should, oh yeah, like bring it out there. Why not? Well, and I think that, I think that, that whole, that whole monologues and honesty and stuff, I think that started to, to, uh, it would have an impact on the work. It would influence the work. Yeah. You know? Uh, in, in what way? Um, I think again, it would. I think if you slow stuff down a little, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to find more honesty. Um, I, uh, and I think it was just it was in the air. It was it was it was in the air. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll throw. Let's let's talk a little bit about slowing down. I think uh, uh, so. I'm going to do again. Devil's advocate on this one. I think please that, do. Uh, Miles Stroth would say uh, you would not. You don't have to play slow. You just you can play fast, but you have to do it accurate. Uh, he's he's absolutely right. Great. You know what? Like in slow you comedy, people friends. people after a while sometimes I'll you know I'll I will see people just playing slow for slow sake. Mm-hmm. I, if you're connected, you can go as fast as you want. But what I'm doing is I'm slowing you down, and I'm and, and I'm teaching you 
or you're, hopefully you're teaching yourself because I'm not, I don't want to do that much work anymore. Um, slowing people down so they can make that connection. And once that connection's there, you can get it done in a couple seconds at the top of the scene. And then you, you, you know, you can go as fast as you want. You can play game. You can play whatever you want, yeah. but learn it, you know? Yeah. That's, that's totally. Well, uh, Miles like, is a, uh, the thing I always respected about Miles was he, uh, you know, his approach was like math. You know, he comes from this like formulaic uh, approach, which, you know, is amazing and it works. And, yeah. you know, and, and the other thing is like, he's built up this, you know, he's built up this great school here, which is, yeah, which is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That whole, I mean, he's got a whole positions thing, which is interesting because you wouldn't think anybody was so. Because I don't understand. I really, I don't, I, I understand it, but, but I, sometimes I like, I, there's room for everybody, you know, why, why is it like, oh, you know, like, oh, you know, the UCB style, it's, you know, it's not like Chicago or it's not like New York or, you know, what, what is all that? I feel like, I feel like that's a very, um, uh, amateur view of it. Like, I, I really, I really feel like they, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're branding yourself as I am a this performer, then like you're, you're not getting it yet. Because, uh, because there's a lot of ways. There's so like in in the infinite possibilities that is improv and the infinite largeness that we're talking about before. There's more than just that one stage or the, the even all the stages combined, and the infinite all of that. Then you should be. Understanding that the type of approach to every, there's not a, a probably a unilateral approach to every scene, and then and, and there's people who have been thinking about this and trying and honing their processes. You could learn so much from every if you could steal all everybody's knowledge, that'd be great. It'd be so much better than stealing the institutional knowledge of one place. So why not like open yourself up to right? And and, more? and 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 I and I'm I I I'm agreeing agreeing with you 100. percent And it's your process. So yeah. own your process. Yeah. You know because what works for one person is not. Gonna to work for everybody right you know and what i teach you may after six weeks go you know what jimmy crane is full of shit yeah but you may glean one or two things that work you know and i think sometimes which is frustrating in teach, teaching is people will say well you know we're trying this uh, you know it's not working or whatever then you know what if it's not working throw it out right. you know i am not a guru i'm not you know i've been doing this I, I teach what i like but i don't have all the answers you know and what i've learned is you know, more than ever is that class there. I let the class say, okay, what did you see? What did, what do you think? Because a lot of the times I don't have the answer. And I think it's dangerous when you're teaching this and you think you have all the answers. Right. Well, it's, it, I think that, and the, you know, also to go back just a step on that is, uh, uh, be, becoming an artist, like if you're, I, I feel like everybody who's not treating improv as an art is doing this wrong. Uh, I think I just, I don't know if there's, I don't know if that's a thing, but it is an art. And uh, being an artist, uh, what it, any artist, you, you, you copy and you steal people's ways of doing it uh, for a while, and you can't succeed a hundred percent at being whichever improviser you want to be. Like, I'm trying to be Craig Kukowski 100% of the time, and I, I can't be Craig Kukowski. I'm, he's the best Craig Kukowski in the world. So in my failing of becoming Craig Kukowski, I will become Stephen Perlstein. And that is a valid artist in himself. And, like, that is something that's fine. Like, Steve, you know, try to be, try to take uh, different perspectives. Try to take it all in, and then let that become your way of doing it. And then, you know, and then start a, a class called The Artist Low Comedy I have a blog. Check it, Jimmy. But you're absolutely right. What you're doing, and, and you know, like, like what, what this podcast I, is is like really helpful is, is like it's helping people with the process, and you just sharing that is like 
not everybody is, you know, that conscious of it. That, okay, you know what? And I was the same way. I think I wanted to be, you know, Dave Pasquazzi yeah. because everybody looked up to Dave Pasquazzi when mm-hmm. I was starting up. So, you know, everybody, you know, but after a while, Dave Pasquazzi doesn't work for Jimmy Crane and Jimmy Crane gets more and more comfortable on stage yeah. and he finds his voice. That's the process, you know? Yeah. And that's a, and that's a, that's a hundred percent the process for any artist. If you look into it, you'll find that artists throughout history, music, TV, writers, painters, they all were like, I'm trying to do something like somebody else. And I couldn't do it, but I started doing my own thing. That's pretty interesting. And then all of a sudden, they're Mozart. But the thing you said is like, but that gives you the confidence to get up, get up on stage. Totally. You know? Yeah, yeah. I still, I still, every now and again in scenes, I find myself basically doing an impression of how somebody else would improvise a scene. I will have students in class and go like, oh, okay, I see. They go to TJ and Dave a lot, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, oh, okay, great. They're, it's... They're, they go to the main stage, Second City. I can see it. That's what you they're know. going. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, uh, I love it. Uh, okay, well, let, let's just talk about students. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm always really interested from uh, uh, more veteran teachers. What, what's what's that? Maybe a, tr- a trend or something that you notice or something that you're maybe didn't notice in your improv, improv before. Like, is there something going on now that like, oh, people are doing this a lot, or like we're working on this a lot, or new things are happening here. Um, I, it's a pretty open-ended question. It is an open-ended question. I think one of the things uh, that that I would like to see more of mm. in, in is when we were starting out, and I don't know in L.A., so you, you could help. People, we would, we were at the I.O., and we would go and we would see shows at the I.O., yeah. Okay. So we would see what was going, what was happening. And today, what's happening is people are doing twenty different things. They're, you know, in three classes. You know, they've got, um, you know, two, you know, two, two shows they're doing. They're doing a bar prop. They're, it's just crazy. So the chances of the the UCB happening again, or a Jazz Freddy happening again, or you know, some sort of movement happening again. That's I find a little discouraging with students. They are they are way over committing themselves. Uh, that's a hundred percent still a thing. Uh, there was a time when I was in eight weekly practice groups, uh, and I remember taking a nap in between one of my practice groups in my car for like ten minutes and going, ah, one day I'm going to die and not have to deal with any of this. <laughs> and it was a, it was a weird thought. Uh, well, well, but that's not you know that thought to me is like that's a red flag. It's like it was. I'm supposed to be having I, fun at and this. And I brought it down. <laughs> you know, but and I would I'll you know when when I direct or when I teach, I can see it in their eyes. It's like they have nothing more to give. Yeah. And if I was to say anything, it's like do you know if you're taking classes, take two. You know, I'm not even going to put a number because yeah. everybody's different. But make sure. That you have a life. Yeah. Because you can't... I don't want to see the roommate scene over and over again. I don't want to see, you know, uh, stuff that you're only pulling uh, from your improv, you know, because you've been to 20 improv rehearsals that day. I, I want to see life. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, getting back to truth and comedy, it's like pulling stuff from your life, that pain from your life or that joy from your life, bringing that on stage, sharing that on stage with me. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I've talked about this before, and it feels like in L.A. I, or, you know, and I, it sounds like it's a universal thing, and I, I don't see why it wouldn't be. Is there's a lot of opportunities to do a lot of different things, and uh, you know, like I, I was on, like I was I was doing teams, like oh, we're just doing heralds, or we're just doing you know, pretty flowers, or like we're just doing montage, and this is a group that's just like fun to do, and it's 
in, in that, like, where it's like, oh, there's a lot of opportunities, and I want to try out new things, and I want to learn things, like, learn from different countries at the same time, and all that opportunity. Sorry, my my vacuum. Is that what? The, is it one of those robotic vacuums? Yeah, it's the best okay. thing in the world. Okay, uh, you should, everybody should have one. How but, much are they? Uh, I don't remember. I think that one was like three fifty. I want to say. Okay, it's pretty good. It uh, almost looks like a paper shredder, doesn't it? I mean, it's to, yeah. Every, uh, people tell me it looks like a Nintendo a lot. And okay, I, and I tend to agree. Okay, uh, uh, but in, in, in the lots of opportunities, it's easy to get caught up in that and be like try to take it all in and get good. Like, oh, if I do more, I can get good. Uh, and that, and I don't know that I, I don't know that I disagree with that entirely, but. Well, I think I think there's there's a point. How long have you been doing it? Um, two and a half years. Okay, almost three. So there's 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 a point where it's like um, doing ten different shows every week. You're not going to get any better. Yeah. At two and a half years, I I would think you'd probably be like, okay, we're gonna okay, this is the best team I'm on. Let's let's commit. Let's go out and hire a coach. And uh, maybe I'll have another team, and maybe I'll be take. I'll continue to take classes, but and I'm not saying put all your eggs in one basket, but but certainly put a focus on that team. You yeah. know, uh, I interviewed a, a couple people. I, Jed, as I remember, Jed Evelyn. I don't know. With. She's out here in LA now. Yeah, and uh, from the reckoning. And my God, you know, you 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 listen to their process. Those guys were together for 12 years. Yeah, and they went and they in Chicago they took. They all took classes at the or took a class, I think, at the Annoyance. Well, that's unheard of, you know. Um, then they got some night at I.O. in Chicago where they would try experimental things, you know. And they and, and all those people, you know, uh, have done really well. And I think probably they used that. They made that like, oh, this this is this is this is going to be our training ground, you yeah. know. And so I would say to you, someone like you, it's like, okay. Find the team that you're really having fun with. Is there a commitment? Now, you can't force that commitment. There could be people on that team. See, that's, that's the hard the thing. That's the thing is if there's, not, if there's ten people you know, or eight people in a team who all have this thought of trying all these different things, so we want to commit to one, it, it, the syncing it up is... You know, it's funny because um, I, you know, I knew Matt Walsh from, from The Annoyance, and I just have to say that so people... Yeah, it gives me street cred. Yeah. But... Um, I interviewed him uh, on Improv Nerd, and then I've interviewed him before, and he had said in an interview that at the UCB, when they left Chicago, would sit down every year, and they would, they would re-up their commitment. Yeah. They'd say, okay, we're going to – and I believe Amy had gotten offers you know, uh, early on, and I think she, the rumor was she had gotten offered Saturday Night Live and turned it down. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm sure they did get offers. But their thing was, we're going to stay together. We're going to stay together. Yeah. And then they you know, eventually got three seasons on Comedy Central. The thing about that, when they did that, I was so happy, even though Besser will say, like, and it'll be interesting because I'm going to be interviewing him, but it'll be interesting. Uh, he, Besser said to me, you know, like, Jimmy, you don't think we should leave Chicago? And it probably was true, you know, but I, for me, it was a fear. You know, yeah. I'm still in Chicago. But when they hit it big, I was really happy. And I was happy because it, then they weren't an institution. You know, they were just building an institution. And, and, I was so happy because I thought improvisers will learn from this. They will see what the UCB did by commitment, how great something happened, and they will follow suit. And I'm 
there's there's some groups that do it out of Chicago. I think mm-hmm. Improv Shakespeare has done a really good job. I, I there's a group called Cook County Social Club, which uh, I've uh, heard of them. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. The and actually, uh, Aren't they on the show. They've, they've been on the show, yeah, and, okay, and also that. Tim Robinson, who just went to Saturday Night Live this season from them. I My wish for those guys is they, they would make a commitment because I've never seen anybody play Harold the way they play it. Yeah. They play it... Um, they break the fourth wall. They use their relationship, which to me is just like truth and comedy, honesty. They're fast players. Uh, they play emotionally, uh, you know, uh, react emotionally. They're committed to stuff. They're great, you know. And I'd love my wish is for those guys to, to you know, do what UCB do, did because I think they could do it. Yeah. Uh, I think Improv Shakespeare out of Chicago, I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, they tour all over the country. Blaine Swen is just, he's a great businessman. He's a great, he's, he's built this, 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 this great product. It's a great, fun, fun show. When you hear improv and Shakespeare, you're like, what? And, you know, they, they were on the show and I did it with them and they're freaking talented. It's a great thing. And, uh, getting back to this thing, it's like, why doesn't more people commit to it? You know, why doesn't more groups, because it's just, you know, you're more abreast. Why? What's going on? Well, I mean, you know, it's, I think, I think it's tough because it's like, it's this weird, uh, I think there's like a weird almost prisoner's dilemma part to it where like, oh, maybe if I screw over a few of my, my teammates, I can get more for myself. Uh, and maybe there's this part of, there's a lot of opportunities and there's a lot of, the, 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 like, I, I personally feel like I have to attack comedy on a number of fronts uh, for it to, to, to work in anything. And maybe that's my, my L.A. sensibility, like, oh, I need to get a job one day doing this. I need to be, I have, you know, I write my, my specs and I also have a sketch team and I also have a, a team that just does videos and I have my improv team and then I have my other improv team. You know, like, well, then you got to throw like stand-up in there, right? Yeah. Oh, no, and honestly, yeah. I've been in a commercial audition class. Yeah, and then I've been, do- and I've, I've been thinking about doing, I need to get some stand-up on tape because somebody kept on, I kept on getting asked for it when I was doing this thing. And I was like, it would have been a cool job, but whatever. Uh but yeah, and it's it's one of those things where, it, and then the podcast event, it's like it does feel like there's uh, a need to attack it on a number of fronts, and that uh, that a single voice, like you know what I mean, like it's like only one iron on the fire. Is it going to get hot? I don't know. I've got nine. Maybe that'll help. Well, uh, and here here's the reality of it too. Please, if you're going to get something. It's going to be because you you I believe you you wrote it. Um, Tina totally. Fey is is wrote it. Uh, Tina Fey is is a perfect example. You know, Tina Fey got hired for Saturday Night Live, and I believe Adam McKay. Uh, I don't think she was hired as an outright writer. She might have just gotten a short contract or something like that. She moves up the ladder. She becomes the head writer, and then you know, but she wrote her way to the top. Yeah. You know, um, Nia Vardolos, who did I, you, people probably don't even remember. Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oh yeah, she was in Chicago, and and she came out here, and she did this show, the big my Big Fat Greek Wedding. Well, she wanted to get it on Aspen, the uh, comedy, the festival out there, and she modified it. That didn't happen. She kept doing the show, doing the show, doing the show, and eventually, you know, uh, Rita Wilson got interested. Um, but it took she wrote you know she wrote Mike Myers is the same thing he was uh, in Chicago for a time he played with us uh, on a team that I was on called Tequila Mockingbird Myers was a writer I mean he certainly is a performer and whatever but he wrote his way to the top yeah so you know improv is only going to get you so far you know and and, uh, you know I think it's really important you know to throw yourself in but if you the people that I've seen that have made it 
you know, probably 80% of the people. There's always the Farleys who made it or the, the Tim Meadows yeah. who, who don't. But you you got to create something. Yeah. You know? I mean, your podcast, you know, in my podcast, that's creating something. Yeah. No, it, uh, again, that's one of those things. It's like, oh, this is helping in whatever way it's helping. And that, you know, t- towards whatever that thing. And that, yeah. And that's, and that's, the, it's, it's some, you know, the cool thing about improv is it's, it, it kind of disappears when it's done, but also that's the bummer about it. You're like, oh no, like I'm really, I, I'm talented. Like we have talented people, but like people don't know about that. That existed in the theater one night for, you know, hundred people. So like it's gone. It doesn't matter. And that's, and, and that's, I think that's why people kind of get like in that. You know, broad spectrum. Yeah, but approach. yes, yeah, I, I can see that. But it's like you're in a sketch group. Well, you know, why not all commit to the to to? Uh, I had a, a group on. Um, they were talented people. Uh, sat on vacation. Uh, they were a <laughs> sketch group, and uh, some of them are out here. And uh, I, I brought up the UCB thing, and they had never heard of it. You know, it, commit for a year. Yeah. You know, and they're all. It's it's just a talented group of people. You yeah. know, so I'm like, you're in a sketch group. You know, why not? Make a commitment to the sketch group and see what happens. Totally, I don't know. I'm not and I'm not going to do it, Jimmy. That's the weird thing. I'm okay. not going. I'm not. Well, you know, I, what I appreciate mean? Like, your not, honesty. Like it's 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 uh it's like uh, I really I feel like I really go like I can't I can't I can't do a single thing. I can't just make that a, a single focus as much as I would. As much as like there's a part of me that goes like oh I'm sure that's better. It's like I can't. Like I don't I don't want to give up other stuff and I don't want to do. Uh, less and, and and I don't know that me try and that's the other thing too is motivations are different a lot in comedy I feel like uh, like people people commitment levels and wanting to stick with it like I, I'm I'm the guy like in my sketch group for example I'm like I'm writing stuff I ha- of course I'll have new stuff every meeting and of course I'll have rewrites every meeting and I'm like I'll meet more and then there are people who are like ah I didn't really write anything this month like whatever and you know like I don't want to have to like try to drag people along but I still really like everybody so like what do I do I don't know I'm hanging out. We're seeing what well, happens. the other thing, the flip side of it too, and I felt like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to give advice, or and I, that was, I, I was, kind no, of, no, no, I was I'm, freaking out there. Actually, no. it felt a little shame, but it's great. Um, it's what you're is. young, so it's like 25. You know, maybe in a couple of years, you'll go, okay, this is what this is what I really like to do. You know, yeah. I mean, I take breaks from improv all the time. I'm like, I'm tired of it. I don't want to do it. It's burning me out, you know, but I do it more for mental health now than to be discovered, you know, for Saturday Night Live because right. that, you know, that is not going to happen. Hey, you got to got to keep the dream alive. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I still submit my stuff. I still, <laughs> so you know, when I the auditions come in town, <laughs> I, I call Sharna. I say, can you get me an audition? I'm still trying to hold on to that. <laughs> I have a hair piece. It makes me look probably like early 40s, you know. I love I love the idea of you coming Charlie, come on, Charlie, come on. Right. This is this year. This year's my year. Right. I love it. Um all right. Well, you know what? We've actually we've actually done pretty good on time here. I feel like we covered a lot of stuff. Uh I wanna let's see. Yeah, okay. Uh real quick. We are uh, we don't have to do this real quick. Let's just do it as yeah. we were. Uh there was a it sounded like there was going to be uh, a chapter in the book at one point about playing from the brain and playing from the gut and it sounded like that sort of disappeared like there was i read an article that was like t- a little preview of things that are going to be in the book uh and then it's not exactly in the book and it feels like maybe there's it got split up into different things but well, maybe we talk a little bit about that i, I don't gut. remember I mean, it all right uh it probably you know might have been in the book for, where did you read that I don't know. It was like a preview of the book. 
Yeah, we might have written that before, yeah. before the, the, the book, book came out. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, all right. Well, whatever. There it was happened. a chapter in the book. Um, there was a couple chapters, I think. One was uh, that I, I really, and, and we kind of talked about it, was about, you know, um, don't have too many expectations for improv. Meaning, just like we talked about, if you want to go somewhere with improv, yeah. you've, you've got to write, you've got to create your own thing. Um, and that I remember that was in it. And I, I, I because I had seen all these people go and, and succeed because they had written stuff like I think people think like, oh, Saturday Night Live comes, you know, and want, you know, wants you to audition. Well, you can't just go in and say, give me a suggestion. You've got to come in with characters. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jet, who, uh, Jet Evelyn, auditioned like three times or something. The work that she put in for yeah. that is just amazing. And I remember when Keckner auditioned for it, I helped him, you know, with his audition. And, uh, I mean, there was work. I mean, it was like you had to script stuff for yeah. it, you know? So, uh, and then people that get hired, like on Conan or Colbert Report, you know, they put these packets together, and they and, and I know our audience knows that, but there's work behind that. So totally. So that chapter was like, hey, people, you know, if you get it, you better be prepared to, you know, have writing samples. So if they come and see your show and say, hey, we can you submit stuff? Yeah. You, you better have it. Yeah, uh, that's that's totally totally important, and people don't do that enough. Right. And, you know, it's funny because you're talking about your sketch group and you're like, yeah, I come in and I write and, and there's other people, you know, it's like, oh, I didn't get a chance to do it or, you know, and you're just like, okay, great. When you get the opportunity, you're going to have, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have stuff written. Yeah. Or if you're given a deadline, you're going to know how to meet it. Right. While these other guys are, you know, down at the coffee bean getting high. Yeah. Do they get high at the coffee bean? That's the only place to get high in town. Okay, great. Yeah, that's great. I just wanted to, you know, throw a reference in there so people are like, ah, you know, God, Jimmy, hip. my God, it's, yeah. Where did, where Chicago, Elena. Oh, yeah. This guy's bi coastal. Yeah. By mid coastal. Let's know. talk something that you brought up uh, about the playing yourself thing that yes. you're struggling yeah, with. Yeah, I never got there. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks well, for bringing I, you it know, back. It's the, good. You're listening. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I teach it, and, and uh, sometimes it actually is working in my life. I think if you get a point of view or an emotion or, like, you can play yourself, you're always playing aspects of yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I, that's that. It's t- Yeah, that is a tricky thing, and it's uh, it, sh- it shouldn't be that hard. But it's like, yeah, it's just <laughs> instead of looking it through – the lens I, I feel like trying to look at characters is like oh I'm doing it through the lens of this like oh I'm this or like I feel this way and it's you do it as yourself it's like oh this is me as angry okay this- so here's my assessment of you Please. okay because um, I do intuitive readings this is good no. um, you sound this sound like my ninth grade English teacher Really? Yeah, he said he didn't do it. It's the exact same thing, swear to God. Okay. It was, it was did you get a chill up the back of your spine? Uh, no, I was just like well because he, he did it he, yeah, it was a whole thing. Okay. He, he, was a, he was a very dramatic Okay. Ninth grade English teacher. Okay. Um, my guess is that you play very verbal. Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, and based on what we talked about, that to, to throw yourself into a character or even an aspect of you, you being angry or you being frustrated or you um, being needy or you, you know, being in love scares the shit out of you. No, I don't. I don't I'm not. I'm not often scared in doing things. Uh, it's I. Yeah, the only yeah, it's not it's not often fear. It's more often than not like, 
I want to do that joke. Uh, I wanted to go for that fun. Like I get distracted by shiny things. I think as often a you know? uh, little attention deficit disorder. Totally, we'll say okay. that. Yeah, I think that I think that's a fair assessment of my improv and just like, well, what's that over there? That's right. the thing. I want to let's do that. That's fun. Uh, and then I'm like, oh wait, I kind of changed. Uh, yeah, I'm very much ADD on stage. Because there's so much fun stuff that happens. Like you, have, like, you ever get, like, some, I don't know. It's like you'll, you'll be doing, like, a perfectly funny thing, like you and me. And then some people, like, do this walk-on that's, like, it's, like, it makes sense. But also there's an angle of it that you're, like, we need to explore that now. Because right. that just can't, like, I want to focus all on that. And I will give up everything I just did to go, like, what's going on here? Because uh, there's just, yeah, I think of the nature of improv excites me. And that there's so much stuff going on there, potentially. Yeah, when, sometimes when I see a walk-on, I just get annoyed. I'm, like... You know, because if I see another scene where the waiter becomes part of the scene, yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, but but why why does that why is that because, waiter serving baloney bombs? Like, what are they? Can we talk about baloney bombs just for a minute? All right. right, like that excites me always. I'm that guy. I'm the guy who ruins it. I'm the guy who lets the waiter become a part of the scene. What do you think that's about for you? I like it. I really okay. I really do get like excited. It, good, good choices and bad choices alike. I'm like, what did or, you know? Are helpful or not? Like that type of thing. I'm like, I want to know what that is. I want to talk about this now because that's now a part of my world. And I do, and I almost do feel like I, I justify it a little bit in my head. I'm like, but that's a totally reasonable thing because if this is this takes in any reality, if somebody comes on and says or does something crazy or something gets brought up as an aside and like thrown away, that is a glaring red flag in my head, then like, I would talk about that. Like I would, I would like want to deconstruct how, what's going on in my life and go like, what are you doing? And then once I figured it out, I would continue my conversation. I'm very tangential. Like, you know, it's flags come up. I want to talk about it. Right. Yeah. But is the teacher, you know what is how I would learn from you. And that, that's the thing. Like I like to learn from my students because it's it's boring if it's not if I'm not being challenged. So, what would be challenging to work for, with you would be, okay, how can I let you be Mr. Tangential guy and put it in the context of slowing it down a little or playing, you know, heightening the scene or you know, building the scene. Yeah, I think I think it comes down and when I get away with it or when I manage to do this and it doesn't cause all the problems. Uh, is I feel like when I can successfully uh, juggle or put the spotlight on the right thing, it's like, like okay, we're doing like we have a scene between us, and then okay, this walk on happened. The, we're gonna throw these these balls really high in the air, and now we're gonna just play with this for a little bit, and then as soon as soon as like that has been explored, okay, we'll go back and like let's keep on doing our thing. Uh, but it is sort of like and, and hopefully not lose and not lose anything in that process. I wonder too, and, and I'm tough. throwing this out, and, yeah. and you know, uh, you know, this may this is very therapeutic. Oh, if, thank God. Yeah, for <laughs> me. But uh, I wonder too if that like I do this this exercise, and actually uh, I learned it from Liz Allen was. We put people in a circle, and they would say, you know, tell me one thing you don't want me to know about you, mm -hmm. okay? And I would get, and then I, sometimes I would just ask the questions. I'd say, you know, what do you like about being an actor or an improviser? And people would say, I like the attention. And they'd say, I'd say, what, what don't you like about being an actor or an improviser? The attention. And I'm just wondering, because I know deep down, deep, deep, deep down, I don't like the attention. I don't like the attention on this. It, it's a conflict. Yeah. There's part of me that really likes the attention, but there's part of me that wants to hide and be small. Yeah. All right. I'm wondering if when that comes in, you know, when the walk-in comes in the waiter with the baloney bullets, that you, 
you it's a good way of taking focus off you. Yeah, maybe. That's that's totally that's totally a valid possibility. I don't um I don't know. Like that's it's almost a distraction. It's it's better to focus on the distraction than to focus on you or the scene that's going on between you and your partner. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair assessment if I especially I mean in, in certain scenes I think if you're not feeling particularly funny or interesting it's very it's very easy to go like I don't know, let's do something else. Uh, or let them carry the ball, you know? Yeah. I'm failing here, so let them carry the ball, which yeah. is, of course, just made up in our heads. Sure. It's, you know, it's just, it, 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 again, a large part of it is people bring in weird stuff. And, like, that's that's always, that's always, like, the fun, like, doing improv a lot reminds me of, like, joking with my friends in college and how we'd be riffing on a thing and just laughing and joking, and then, like, you know, he, he what, Hugo brings up this thing. We talk about it for a minute, and then Connor brings up this thing. Oh wait, what? Let's like, it's I. I really like like to take that focus around and like give give it give ever build on everything. Like that's it's I don't know because I'm not I don't know. I want to build on everything. I really do like to talk about everything. I try not to let stuff go. I really try not not to let stuff go. I don't know. But do your teachers say, like, you're not, like, you'll see something and you won't follow through or you won't heighten it to a certain... I'll get distracted. More often than not, it's like you got distracted. You guys, mm-hmm. you're, you're doing this thing and then this thing happened and you guys just went after that and never got back to what your scene was starting about. Because, uh, yeah, I'll just go like, oh, what's, what is the story keeper? Why is it this weird, like, short witch person? <laughs> what is the purpose of the story keeper? Like, and, you know... Follow that nine steps in, and then it's like, okay, wait, what was our scene even about now? Uh, we lost it, you know? Well, that's interesting because you come from the UCB school where it's, it's all about, you know, really writing on your feet, finding totally. the game quickly. Yeah. Uh, how did you do over there? I did fine. I think uh, I, I don't uh, – yeah, I think there's uh, a little bit of a, a slightly different L.A. culture because there's a few teams that sort of – are known for that type of thing in a way of known for being a little bit tangential or uh, or following flights of fancy more often than not uh, like Harold teams and maybe some more like weekend like like ASCAD is very you know game thing but uh, yeah so that th- this tangential thing is it a generational thing or is it more of a, a style thing I would say I would say. So, like, there's this team out here, Shitty Jobs, who, I don't know if you know them, they're pretty good. Uh, they come from New York, a lot of them. And uh, uh, they have this thing where they play fast, and they do very much chasing on the, the shiny thing all the time. They're insane. They're really good, though. Um, and I think I see a lot of people out in L.A. trying to do a version of them. Uh, a lot of times it's very bad. Uh, so I do feel like there is a part of it that's a generational thing uh, that, like, literally, they've only been here maybe three years, and that's... Uh, I think there's there's a group of people who I watch trying to do that exact same thing, but again, I, I don't know I don't know if that's me doing them or if that's me or if that's a generational thing or if it's just like ah, I don't know like I want to talk about stuff. I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, we'll never know. I can't I will, can't diagnose myself. Yeah, Come on. I'm not that smart. Jimmy, I got a question. I got to use a question. I got to ask it or else I'll feel bad. Okay. Okay. This guy Otto, which is a very funny name to me uh asked what's the most important thing you learned while on jazz freddie um i i i i feel almost repetitive because we've been saying this Don't. i think it's commitment and the thing and the thing about jazz freddie 
that made that show work was the commitment. And we would rehearse three nights a week for we treated it like you were cast in a play Mm -hmm. so if you get cast in a play you get six weeks of rehearsal and you put the show up we had three i think it was three three rehearsals every week and i'm I'm not uh dave keckner who was on the team i feel like i'm name dropping but dave keckner was on the team and there was the second run of jazz freddy i think it was rachel dratch or Brian Stacker, both of them, had gotten hired by Second City, and a touring company. And uh, Dave had said it, and we brought it. Dave, was a very, Dave is a very strong personality. He's kind of a de facto leader. And uh, he's, you know, we all agreed that you had to either make the commitment or you, know, you couldn't do the show. And you know, years later, I talked to him about it. He said, oh, I thought we were really rough or whatever. And I'm thinking, no. That was, a, that, was, that was a message that was sent that we're taking this seriously. Yeah. You know, and so that, 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 that commitment um, was something, was one of the, the, the most things that I learned from Jazz Freddy. And since then, when I've worked with teams, it's been harder and harder to say, hey, you know, if you really want to be good, we're going to have to rehearse, you know, three, three you know, three, you know, three nights a week. Yeah. So, you know, the older I get and the younger the generation, I'm just like, OK, if we can get one rehearsal and then that'd be great. Yeah. You know, a week. It's interesting because I was just thinking about when I said that it's in, improv. You do improv a lot, I think, with your friends, you know, like I, I do improv almost exclusively with my friends, uh-huh. exclusively with my friends. I only want to. And it's tough to like. I think it's tough to treat it like a business or a show, you know what I mean? And go like, uh, we're going to rehearse three times or you can't do it, uh, you know? Like, it's tough to do that because, like, these are your friends and you want to you want to maintain that. And you don't want to – maybe that's part of it too is, like, maybe that's why everybody's low commitment, low – like, we got. well, I guess I have to do more projects because you can't – it's hard to get – it's hard to get somebody to do three rehearsals a week. I don't – I've never heard of anybody doing three rehearsals a week in L.A., um, I'm sure it's out there, but I don't know who it is. Um, but what, so, like, what if you said to a group, you know what? For six weeks, we're going to do three rehearsals a week, or even two rehearsals a week. We're going to do six six shows. We're going to put them up, you know, wherever you you, you put them up. Yeah. And you know, after that, we'll 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 evaluate our uh, we'll evaluate where we are, or we'll see, you know, what that process is. But nobody even gives themselves a chance to do that. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's it's. It's tough. I think that's it's tough going to your friends and going. I guess I want you to commit. To this. And the other thing that I've noticed too, in in you know, um, in, in the whole improv stuff, it's like, you know, the Annoyance Theater, which you know, I, Mick Napier, I, I think, is just a comedy genius, an improv genius. Yeah. He, you know, his book, uh, in, in, what is it? Impro- Improvise the scene from the inside out. Yeah, it's a great book. So so definitely pick it up. Yeah. But I was part of that the the original group, you know, um, not the original original, uh, but th- that theater was created because they weren't getting their needs met. They yeah. weren't getting their, you know, they had been done doing stuff at I.O. Second City wouldn't hire most of the people at that time, and, and the name we got was the Island of Misfit Toys, and uh, people threw their heart and soul into that theater yeah. uh, when I was there in the 
my God, it was in the 90s, really early 90s. And a lot of great things came out of that. Uh, the Real Life Brady Bunch, uh, you know, Andy Richter's career, you know, was launched there. Uh, Beth Cahill was on Saturday Night Live. Melanie Hutzel was on Saturday Night Live in a very short period of time. Uh, but what's what doesn't happen now is there's so many nobody's going everybody's happy right now there's like this almost like um it seems like there's almost like this like we're not we're you know the last time people weren't happy it seems like was when Ali and um Armando left UCB, they started Pitt, and then Armando leaves to start Magnet. Yeah. That's how the, these communities, a couple resentments can go a long way. Yeah. Or, or, your, or, or your creative um, vision isn't being fulfilled. I would like to see more of that stuff. People going, hey, you know, it's not working here. Or, you know, it doesn't even have to be it's not working here. It's just like, you know, we've done what we can here. Let's start our own thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, I, wonder, I wonder if that just comes with there's being a lot. There's a lot out, you know. There's lots. That's the thing, and that's why you know the, the whole problem of like people overcommitting. It. I always look at it as like a lateral move. You know, like in Chicago, you can, you know, you can you can be performing at I O. You can be performing at the Annoyance. You can, there's a, a place called the Playground. There's comedy sports. I mean, you can be you can be doing shows in Chicago. You know seven nights a week and probably one or two shows you know but all of that is lateral that those are lateral moves so if you say to yourself well i'm going to do improv but i'm also going to do this sketch group and we're going to treat it like a show now you're you're gonna you're gonna go you're you're it'll be interesting to see what 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 would happen yeah but i mean everybody's pretty complacent right now yeah, it's yeah, it's an in, that's in, that's an interesting thought. I, I've never I haven't thought of it like that. Before. I mean, that's where the movements come when people are dissatisfied. Like I want to express myself and I can't. Yeah. Well, they, but they got Miles. I think <laughs> Miles is great because Miles is is living what what it is. He does Tuesday nights. He does a free improv right yeah. for the independent teams. Yeah. And then he's teaching like six classes. He's you know he's got a ton of teachers. I mean that's that's the spirit. But I think that's like Chicago, you know. Yeah. I mean, here's the other thing: people need to, if you're inside the institution, if you haven't gone out and tried to produce your own show, you're not going to appreciate what the institution is doing for you. Yeah. You show up at UCB and the house is filled, right, for most of the shows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't have to do any work. Yeah. Well, they're doing a lot of work. You know? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. People, people really understand that, and that that whole recent argument about the paying the performers thing. It's like, oh, you, you don't understand, you don't understand that at all. Uh, What's your feeling on that? I I don't I don't need to get paid. I don't. Uh, I'm very happy to do comic. Like do it at UCB where I have an audience. Like the work it takes to get an audience in. You know, the flyers. Like probably for. Probably for every every forty flyers I get out, I'll get one person in. You know what I mean? For every every forty Facebook invites, I get maybe one person in. The big like it's work. It's so much work to do that. And if you can go to UCB and get people to come see you, wow, well, that's great. Like you you saved a lot of time for me. Uh, and what? Yeah, you got you got an audience to try stuff out on. And the thing is, if you if you can get paid to do it elsewhere, go for it. And and if you don't if you don't want to do it for free, you don't have to. Nobody's making you. But like it, if you're like a committed comedic performer who's like, oh, I want to get some time and like figure, learn some stuff. Learn you learn from an audience constantly. If you want to do like, I want to take some time and learn from an audience. Be great, do it. Free, good, good for you. If you don't want it, that's fine. 
Well, especially in L.A. I remember years ago, uh, th- there's no money in doing it here, right? Yeah. Not, not, I don't know. I, I don't know if anybody's getting really paid. I mean, the, the paying improv jobs in the world, you know, there's like four, uh, and they're not, you know, and actually doing improv, not coaching improv. Right. Not teaching, like, there's the paying improv jobs in the world. There's almost none. None of them pay well. Let's all relax. <laughs> Just enjoy doing this thing that we do and know that it's about, to me, to me, doing improv is all about getting that comedic voice more and more. Here's, every here's my I'm feeling fine. on the, the pay thing. Yeah. First of all, each market is different, you know? Totally. Uh, uh, and I think they 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 were doing fine until stand-ups wanted to get paid. Isn't that what? Yeah, it was okay. a stand-up thing, which, which is a different culture. So exactly. I think, but I am I'm I'm I think that anybody who wants to get paid doing it, I totally support it. And if that means you have to go to those guys and ask to get paid, and they say no, you've asked. All yeah. right. And just like you said, you know what the rules are there. You know, and they and, and the other thing is, it's worked for them. That that and and. If I was out here, I would rather be playing to a full house than be playing to 10 people and getting $20 yeah. if I was here. Again, I think people should get paid for this. And the other thing I think is with them is their business model worked. Right. Why, why, do, they, why do they have to defend it? You know, I, I didn't hear Matt's podcast but but someone told me that him and Ian got on there and they had the books open and they said you know and then the New York Times article we don't make any money at this to me I want them to I would like you know for me is they created something yeah they can they can they can they can create all the rules that they want that's worked for them I want to know that they are making money at that for me. Yeah. Because they showed other groups how to do it. They can show they're a business model. And yeah. I think the thing that you're talking about friends and we don't want people, you know, friends, we don't really want to treat it like a business because whatever. Sure. I think a little of that is slipped in with that. You know, why do you have to defend it? What, what, you know? Yeah. You're doing it. It's work. Yeah. Well, UCB on people's resume is like gold. You've, you've created. They've created a, an important comedy institution, right? Now, you know, in, in the culture right now, a, a, an important comedy. It's, I'm very comfortable saying that. So, like, yeah, uh, you, you guys, you guys can have problems with it. Everybody can have a problem with it. But it's like, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to argue with success and it working out and you know, good people coming from it and people. You know, a lot of their improvisers. I don't know. I don't know many any improviser. And maybe they're out there who came from UCB who's like, you know, yeah, right. They did screw me over and I wish they had paid me. People like what they've been through there. So, eh, you know, I don't get it. Well, I think it, it stemmed from the whole stand-up thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the whole stand-up thing. Now, I and think they're going to have to address that. Because that's a different I think, culture. I think they came up with a, a they, whole I think little... they're all, in the article it said like a couple drinks or whatever. Drinks but, and then they're doing the tour stuff and showcases. But, yeah. So, But here's yeah. the other thing. If that's the case, if that leads to money for those stand-ups, yeah. then they're gonna then they're gonna find the, they're gonna find what the trade-off is, yeah. you know. And the, the other thing is, what level are you at? You know, like for someone like you just starting out, wh- why quibble? Why get into that argument of I'm getting paid, I'm not getting paid? I yeah. mean, I think there's a quote in the book. Miles says like it took him five years to stop sucking. Yeah, it's like. If, if you have packed houses, you're going to, like you said, you're going to learn a lot faster yeah. from an audience than going flyering. Yeah. I mean, and her, yeah, Harold Knight, I think it's really strong in, in, in L.A. Uh, but I do, and UCB L.A. But I do also think that, like you can see, there are moments where you're like, oh, okay, you're getting something here. 
you're getting something from this. You're learning how to do this better. Uh, and good for them. And that's and should hopefully be the thing for many years to come. I, I want I want that to continue forever ever. Jimmy, we got it before my, my battery's gonna die. Oh my, my god, has that ever happened? It. What, uh, it's long? never happened before. Okay. We're, we've we've been going for an hour and twenty, if you can believe it. So let's okay. let's let's do the the last uh, last segment. Okay, pearls of wisdom segment. Uh, usually, this is a note or advice that you received that you felt had a great impact on you. But also, if you have a, a note piece of advice that you give out in improv that uh, that you feel is particularly important, uh, what, what would that be? Um, for me, it comes down to. Um, when you're on stage, and I'm saying this, and I need to learn this for myself, you are enough. Plain and simple, you are enough. Nice. I like it. It's short. It's concise. Good. Good. We could explore it more, but I want people to just soak that in. That's good. Fair enough. Um, and then, and then, uh, and then, is there anything? I mean, we got enough to talk for a little bit more. Is there anything that you want to share? Uh, do you want to talk about that? You want to plug? Uh, anything. Yeah, I would love to talk about uh, Improv Nerd. If you haven't checked yes. it out, we're now on uh, PharrellAudio.com. Oh, you're on okay. Oh, I'm so excited. You Good. know, But, yes, we're on. So check that out. We've yeah. got some great. Uh, do you know what the – you know, you're on podcast. Do you know who the number one person – and I've interviewed Tim Meadows, Dave Keckner, Scott Adsit, uh Dave Pasquese, Susan Messing, McNapier, uh, Key and Peel. You know who the number one – who gets the most hits – no, tell me. of the guest. Tell me, T.J. Jagodowski. Oh yeah, that's not entirely surprising. He's one. He's the one. I download that one. I don't download them all, but yeah, that's one that I do. That guy is a master. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, go to jimmycorain.com. Uh, I write uh, a wonderful improv blog, and uh, there's there's uh, there's just it's it's more from a, like. Uh, therapy kind of I just wrote one about the bad show uh, 10 tips that you can do for off stage yeah. that'll help you uh, there's tips on um, how to show up to class and get the most out of your class there's a lot of great so go to jimmycrane.com and of course uh, the artist low comedy classes if you're in Chicago or if you're listening to this podcast because I know there's a lot of listeners out there in a lot of different uh, communities that want to uh, have an improv nerd come we'll do an improv nerd show and do a workshop down yeah. there but you uh, can go to jimmycrane.com to find that out cool, and, and yeah. of course improvising better the guide to the working improviser it's very good I have that on my bookshelf I've recommended how long did it out. take you to read it's only like 80 like, on no time yeah, like that joke. I think you could get that in an hour easily. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think the younger generation reads it even faster. Yeah, it's well, you know, and then, but it's it's not it's a book. It's not a book that you have to read straight through. Uh, I did. Do you, you can go cross reference? Did you go back and reference it? Yeah, I, okay. I mean, I've every every now and then. What's I, your favorite I, chapter? Am I putting you on the spot? No, no, I'm trying to think. Uh, my favorite. I actually just. I think it's actually the. Who there's a good there's a good one in there about just playing you have to play the opposite gender which is like such a thing that people don't like do right and it bothers me uh, but it's it's that it's there's this last one about improv is is, uh, is bigger than than you think of it I think that's what it's called uh, that's like one of the last two chapters very good I, I don't know I like I like that thought like that that uh, uh, the way abstract stuff that like really doesn't have a huge effect on your improv right in that moment but you're like yeah cool yeah because there's so much how you you in life that affects on stage and we say this in the book a little but improvisation is the most transparent and personal art form and i don't think people realize it so if you're getting fucked up you know before a show you're not doing anybody any service yeah you know it's interesting uh yeah i i i, I completely 
completely agree with that. Uh, pe- yeah, people. Uh, it's and, and it's it's. I think it's just because improv seems so easy that you can treat it without reverence and respect. And the, and the, it's like you know what I mean. We we show up and we do a show, or we show up and we do practice. We don't prepare. We don't really do it. But like, oh, give it give it something. Give it give it more than more than just showing up. You know. Yep. And the other thing I'm, I want to say a little tip, little thing. Get. You said that you said you know improv is all our friends and and you know when you do it it's your friends and stuff like that yes and it's it, and it's almost like a religion in terms of agreement we're there to support and cooperate and all totally, that stuff yeah. don't get confused with that that what goes on stage and what goes off stage meaning if you're struggling because you don't feel you're good enough or uh, you've got blocks or you you drink too much or you overeat or whatever go and get help for that stuff don't expect that the, the, the team's job when you have a bad show is to you know is to make you feel great about yourself go outside of that system you know the, the improv community to get that support and to get that help i think uh, I, that was the biggest mistake that i made i i was a i'm less fucked up but when i got there i was fucked up i i was drinking way too much i was eating way too much you know i'm glad that i got help for that stuff but and I continue to get help for that stuff. But to go in there thinking, oh, my God, because improv is a dysfunctional family, yeah. you know, and you're like, oh, you know, they're going to they're going to they're going to make me feel whole. They're going to make me feel good. No, yeah. that's not their job on stage. That's their job to make to make you look good, but not off stage. So if you need help, if you need to get to a therapist or you need to get into a 12 step program by all or get a freaking life coach or whatever you need, the more support you can get off stage, the better you're going to be on stage. Totally agree. Uh, I'm going to, I'll share it with myself. I, there was a time before I found improv about three years ago where I was totally, I think the best way to look at my life is like hopeless. And that, and like, it's just that like, really what, totally, what was going on? Nothing bad. Like that's the sad thing is there's nothing bad. It's just, I really didn't have prospects for anything. I like, I wanted to do comedy and I didn't, were you uh, like a really smart student? And then no, I wasn't. No. I just, I got, you know, getting, getting, I was right, I was right when I got out of college, which is like, or the year, the year between me getting out of college and finding improv. And like, you it's didn't a have a job? Time. I had a job. Okay. It's, the, I hated my job. Uh, it's, it, it, there's, I think there's, I think there is a, a, a way to look at life hopelessly when you don't have prospects of things getting better or like think new things, not challenging things. Uh-huh. When you, when you, when you find a stasis okay. and you're like, this is all I see around me is this, and I don't know how to change it. Uh, and I and and it's scary because especially if you come out of a school system, it's very structured. It's very Where, safe. Where'd you go to school? Uh, Cal State Northridge okay. in the Valley. Uh, awful, uh, <laughs> but it's a stru- it's a structured system, and it's the way to get better or fe- move on is makes sense. And once you get out of that, it's scary. Uh, and then if you find yeah, you find that stasis, and you're like, there's no way to change or move forward. This is this is this is my I found my death already at 20, and that's it was a very scary thing. And uh, I remember I, and I got into improv, and I was like, oh, this is great. I'm finding. Uh, a reason to live and which is like a weird thing like you're talking about you're like I, w- I was fucked up in a different way uh, and I found a reason to like live and continue to grow and like challenge yourself and, it, and then that became like oh I found a reason to take care of myself like I can I found a reason to like I'm gonna eat better I'm gonna exercise I'm worth it I'm gonna read more I'm gonna learn I want to be uh, a better version of myself and I think that uh, I, I, I basically I'm, I'm agreeing with what you're saying uh, but yeah it's it's not I, it's it's not that I decided that ooh I want more I want to take care of myself is my improv team going to do this I, I want to take care of myself let me see what I can do to 
do some stuff for myself. And that, and that, like you're saying, that could be going to therapy. That could be just reading a book and like saying like, there's a good reason to do it, you know? Or it could be saying no to a project, you know, like no to an improv project. I can't it, say no to a project. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll work <laughs> yeah. on that after the podcast. But, you know, saying no, like I'm overcommitted. I got I, I, I need some, I need a couple nights off for myself so yeah. I can recharge, you yeah. know? It's, it's all, it's, it, yeah. Uh, and, but yeah, I think you're right. It's Yours not, it's is an not amazing stage. story that really you got a lot of therapeutic, um, uh, stuff out of improv. Totally. You it's, know, I mean, like it boosted your self-esteem. It, it, yeah. You know. I mean, it's, it's, it is, it's a weird dip to go like, and I, I did, I guess, you know, I, I had achievements in my college, but yeah, like there was like a thing where it's just, it was done. And I think, I think college is really interesting. I, I've, I've been wanting to write something about this for a while. That as soon as you're done, basically it was like, all right, asshole, like get to work. Do like nobody, like if you achieve stuff in college, like what? He's a college student. He achieved something. You achieved something in high school. They're just in high school and right. you did this thing. You're amazing. But like, if you do anything outside of like that, you're just like, all right, of course you had a job. Do, do your job guy. That's your whole, that's what everybody's doing. Uh, and it, I think it's, I think that there's like that dip that like. Uh, people caring about what you do or monitoring you or like even you know it all it all just drop the floor comes out uh, and it, and it's how it's dealing with that that is very tricky. Were and you and, and I've started to see this. Were you the kind of student you know because your generation is the generation where you can't do anything wrong. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets good grades. Yeah. Stuff like that. And so like <laughs> you know I've been you know like it used to be people would come to me in class and say you know what Jimmy. Be hard on me. I like it because you're really hard on me. You give me the hard notes that nobody else will give me. You yeah. know, I was at Second City once. I taught a class or whatever, and the whoever taught before goes, "We've never had notes before." You know, and you're like, mm, "Really?" Okay. So, um, <laughs> but I think that you know that's changed. You know, the it, the the generation of like yeah, the generation back, of back, and I'm wondering and, if your hopelessness was part of that. That's a product I mean, that, of that generation. I mean, that's possible. That's possible. I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, what, what's interesting about that, like, I feel like everybody condescends to that generation. Like, everybody gets a trophy. Uh, and that's totally valid. Like, I don't, I don't know that everybody should get uh, all the encouragement in the world because I don't know that it's always deserved. Like, they're, they're, dealing with failure is an interesting thing, and uh, you can learn a lot from it. I don't think you always want to fail, but learning from it is important. But I, but it's funny because I like I, my, my parents and all people of your generation will go like, oh, this everybody gets a trophy. But it's like, you know who makes it so we all get trophies? You guys. You guys were the one who's like, my son, de- I didn't get a trophy, and my son should get a trophy. Nobody, we didn't ask for this, but now it's like, oh, you guys all got trophies. I, I think you that's know, I think that's hilarious. And the other thing, <laughs> the other thing that I, I that I really loved about improv was when I was doing it. You know, when I started out, was like. I don't know if you had this experience, but I was like, I was always funny, but I never had a place, you know, like I never felt like I belonged. Yeah. And then, you know, I was the class clown and, and, and would make people laugh and stuff like that. And when I finally took my first improv class, I'm like, oh my God, everything that I did up until this point, I'm now getting rewarded in this class. <laughs> of course I love this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not entirely. Yeah. That's totally. I think that's what I'm saying. Like you come into it because you're funny. You think you're funny. Well, you think you're funny and you're like, usually an out, you're like an out, you're like, you don't belong anywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, again, that's like I said, I didn't have a lot going on. It was hopeless. It was bad. What are you going to do? Move on up. Uh, all right, Jim. We got we got to end it before the yeah, battery dies. Right, I'm afraid. Your... I'm just afraid we're going to lose the whole audio file. Okay, we don't want to do that. Part, any part? Any parting words before I hit end? Record? No. Thank you so much for this. Thank and, you. This was super fun. It was great meeting you and yeah. uh, continued success. Thanks, man. This was great. I really loved it.
There it was. I hope you enjoyed that show. Check out Jimmy's podcast, Improv Nerd. He gets a lot of cool guests. It's good times. Uh, a couple of quick show plugs for myself. Saturday, March 16th, 830 at IOS's Del Close Theater. Six Martin is doing the Roughneck Show. It should be fun. Sunday, March 17th, 6 p.m. at the Clubhouse. I'm on Sketch Bar's newest house team. Boom shakalaka. Uh, we're going to be putting up sketches every Sunday for the rest of March. Uh, March 17th, March 24th. And March 31st, all at 6 p.m. Be there to see the start of a cool new sketch bar thing. I think you can see them at Facebook.com. Ooh, I don't know what their their thing is. Go find Sketch Bar. They're at the clubhouse every Sunday. Anyway, uh, also Sunday, March 17th, Six Martin is doing Catsby at Asylum Lab. The show starts at 8 o'clock. We'll be in the 10 o'clock hour. We're going to do a St. Patrick's Day-themed show. We do not know what that means yet, uh, but I suppose it will be fun. Um, all right, that's it. People, I hope people, I just a weird lingering people. I hope you guys enjoy the show. It is the golden age of improv. Be excellent to each other. And most importantly, happy improvising. Hey, I'm, I'm Ben. Jeff. I'm Ben. I'm Jeff. Uh, no, I'm, I'm <sighs> Ben. Just, just do, do it. The, just do okay, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Uh, hey, this is Ben, Jeff and Thayer. And we host a podcast called Convince Me, where we have guests on to try to convince us to get on board with their unique obsessions. Check out our I'm podcast. Thayer. It's called Convince Me. I'm Jeff.